Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, the opportunity to worship you in giving. And now as we look into your word and focus on what the real reason of the season is, which is your son Jesus, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our heart, that you will be glorified in all things. We thank you, and we just honor you this day in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 This is a brand new series, and it is called Simply Advent. Simply called Advent. And I want to just take the time to say that, just like Douglas said, there are many things that contribute to the Advent season. Some folks uh, believe that Advent is old-timey, uh, antiquated, outdated, uh, whatever things that you want to want to say regards to that. Um, every generation wants to do better or change some things from the previous generation, but there are some reflective things that I think we need to focus on. Why? Because there's a reason that they did those things. Kind of reminds me of the story, I, I, I told it a bunch of times, but now I'm going to tell it again, um, about the, the, uh, the, the grandmother, the mother, and the daughter were preparing for a family dinner. And the, the daughter was actually preparing the ham. And the daughter looked to her mama and said, hey, mom, uh, why do we cut the end off the ham before we put it in the oven? And the daughter was like, well, I don't know. So she asked her mom, and she said, Mama, why do we cut the end off the ham before we put it in the oven? And the grandmother said, well, I don't know why you two doing it, but I did it because my pan was too small. <laughs> and so sometimes we do things, but we don't have an understanding. We just do it because that's the way it's been, been done. Right. But God is a God who wants us to understand the purpose for everything that we do, especially when it refers to his dear son. And that is what the whole Advent event is about. It's about focusing our minds on Jesus. I hope everybody loved Douglas because Douglas did a good job in explaining what I'm going to expound on. Uh, so I hope you're paying attention. So my opening statement for today is, Advent is an, is an occasion to celebrate the initial and final coming of the promise. I'm going to say that again. Advent is an occasion to celebrate the initial and final coming of the promise. And so this is going to be, again, episode number one of the series called Advent. And our subtitle is going to be called simply an explanation of Advent. I know that makes it kind of hard and complex, but it's just an explanation of what Advent is all about. Oh, forgot to turn my timer on. So our first definition today is Advent. Advent is a coming, appropriately the coming of our Savior, and in the calendar, it includes four Sundays 
before Christmas. I'm going to say it again. Advent. Advent is a coming, appropriately, appropriately the coming of our Savior. And in the calendar, it includes four Sundays before Christmas. And then explanation. Explanation is the act of explaining, expounding, or interpreting. Exposition, illustration, interpretation, the act of clearing from obscurity and making intelligible. All right? So let's go through these many scriptures that I have for us today. Our first scripture is this. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, starting at verse number seven. This is the New King James Version. It says this. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Next, we're going to go to Psalms, the 80th chapter, verse number three. It says this. It says, restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Then we're going to jump, that was English Standard Version, uh, Isaiah, the 40th chapter, verses 3 through 4. English Standard Version. Verse number 3 says, A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, in verse number 4, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Next, we're going to jump over to Isaiah, the 64th chapter, verses 1 and 2. English Standard Version says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries and that the nations might tremble at your presence. Then let's jump over to the New Testament. Matthew, the third chapter, starting at verse number one. Matthew three, starting at verse number one, we're going to go down to three. The English Standard Version says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Father, we ask that you have a blessing upon the reading of your word and then fall upon the good soul of our heart in Jesus' name. Now let's go and talk about this thing that we have designated as Advent. First of all, the word Advent in of itself comes from the Latin word Adventus, meaning coming or arrival. So the first and foremost thing that we should wrap our mind around is that Advent means coming or arrival. Now, this practice of Advent goes all the way back to the 4th and 5th century. Where Christians observed a 40-day season of prayer, fasting, and preparation leading up to Epiphany 
in January. I don't know if you have ever heard of Epiphany. This is a little side note. Epiphany, um, which is not really celebrated in the United States, but it is very, very highly celebrated in Puerto Rico. It is also called Three Kings Day or King's Day or Day of the Magi because it is the date that they celebrate that the wise men came and gave gifts to Jesus. I told y'all gonna learn a little something something today. And so it's just this whole time of celebration of the coming or the arrival. Now, back in the fourth and fifth century, this, this whole thing was very similar to Lent. It was a time for solemn uh, reflection, repentance, and self-examination as they prepared for Jesus' return. And then as the uh, Roman Catholic Church started gaining and gaining more ground, they also took this on. And in the 6th century, Rome took this on as a way of preparing for Christmas where they were merging the winter pagan festivals around the solstice, celebrating the return of light. And Kate, okay, there's another one of those side streets. In case you didn't know it, on the 21st of December, it's called the, see it slipped my mind just that quick, is the, the day of least light on the earth. It is the time is a time when the earth has moved into position where that area of the world of the earth now has less light than any other day. So it was a time of celebration for those that were involved in ancient dark arts because it was not as much light. But the, what the Roman Catholic Church was attempting to do was to take the focus off the darkness and focus on the light. And so uh, they changed it so that it would become more a focus on Christ's return, on Christ's uh, coming so that there would be more, instead of this being uh, just a sober, pentient uh, season like it was for Easter time, they, they made it more into a hopeful, joyous period of expectation and anticipation of Jesus coming at Christmas. So it goes from the darkness or the sober time of going into Easter to a greater time of focusing on the joy that Jesus brings when he comes. So as we can look at this, we can see that over the centuries that Advent has contained a rich, mis uh, rich, uh, a rich mixture of different symbolic meanings, marking new beginnings and promises of longer days, uh, an increases, increase of hope and uh, amidst life's routine and rhythms, and also a time for confession and introspection in the quiet of long winter nights. It becomes this introspective time period. And so the core Advent theme though stays with eager longing and waiting for deliverance from darkness by the true light that enlightens all people. And it was soon to arrive 
in Bethlehem. Now there's very different ways that people celebrate Advent, and that's why I loved, loved Douglas, because he talked about some churches or some people set up Advent reefs, and, and an Advent reef was a, a reef, and it had lights, and there were candles that you lit every Sunday uh, to signify an increase in light all the way up until the time of Christmas when the light that the candle that's in the center is lit. And it's also a time where you would say a prayer or, or have a devotional built around that wreath. There is also, uh, oh, and so the Advent wreath is typically, it's a circular uh, wreath. You know, like the ones y'all hang on your doors, but this time it's laid flat of evergreen branches. And why? Because it's always green. That's why it's called evergreen. All right. So it's evergreen branches just showing that there's always life. And, and, and it's used to uh, uh, signify a, a pointing or pointing at a significant event based upon every one of those Sundays leading up until Christmas Day. And so the circular shape of this wreath is an indication of God's eternity and endless mercy which has no beginning or ending. Amen. So you ain't even think about that. Amen. The evergreen branches signify continuous life and reminds us of our new life in Christ which remains fresh and it remains living and it remains powerful and the lighting of the candles offers a ceremonial marking of the approach of Christmas week by week one candle is lit on the first Sunday of Advent two on the second Sunday of Advent and so on until all are illuminated on the final Sunday before Christmas and as the reef grows brighter Candle by candle, we're reminded of the nearness of Jesus, who is the light of the world. If you remember a little quick little side note, there is, there is really no such thing as darkness. We cannot measure darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. Okay? In the same manner as I've said this before. We really don't measure cold. What we measure is the absence of heat. And so the name for the absence of light is dark. The name for absence of heat is cold. But the point is the thing that provides life, the living thing is really what the focus is, not the thing that does not provide light or life. Okay? And so the Advent leaf visually displays this theme of expectation, hope, and light that, that defines the Advent season. People putting wreaths on their doors and, and doing all these things are just doing it out of tradition. But I want us to understand that there's a reason that these things have been done throughout history. It's not just because it was done by your ancestors, it's because there's a focus that we're supposed to be gaining during this time period. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, 
we look at this Advent calendar and, and we should want to be the light that is flooding this world even now. It is proven that the most depressing time of the year is November, December, and January. November, December, and January is when we're going into transitioning from the fall season to the winter season. So it's darker longer, as we already said. And, and the reason January is because everybody spent all that money for uh, them kids, for their for they gifts, for, for, things, uh, for Christmas, and they get them credit card bills in January, and they're feeling all depressed because they spent all that money. That's my sociological reason. Okay, yeah, folks are so depressed. That, that was mine. Dr. Timothy Pender's assessment of that. All right, so this is this time period, and we need to not focus on the darkness, but we need to focus on what? The light. We need to be the light. We need to speak life in the people to cause them to feel that they are okay. You may not have had that... $2,000 you spend on them toys that the kids don't even play with because they like the boxes better. But it's okay. You will do better next year and not spend that much money. And we're going to give you hope. And somebody said, maybe. Lord Jesus. All right. The other thing that we want to also that they use during Advent is this. They have an Advent calendar where they have uh, little sayings for the day. Uh, and they, uh, some of them even have little chocolates that they put in there where you open it up the little door and you have a chocolate that you can eat. And, and, and it's just different things to get you to focus on the scripture that you read that day. The chocolate is not the reason that you open up the door. The reason you open up the door is so that you can get to the scripture. And the chocolate is just a treat for you doing it. And so these calendars are set up so that they show us different Steps up up until the Christian uh, Christmas day. The focus always is on Jesus and always on going toward his first arrival and talking also about his second coming. And so as we see all these things going on, some people during this time period, They'll play a special music talking about Jesus' return and, and, you know, and hark the herald angels sing, glory to, away in the manger, no crib for a bed. And it, it, music that focuses on this event, that's why they play it during this time period, to get us to focus on preparing ourselves spiritually for Christ's coming. Not just the, script, the, the season of we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, but we want to have music that is focusing on Jesus and his coming and his arrival. Y'all with me with it? All right. So now as we're looking at this Advent season, we can see that we want Jesus to be popping up everywhere. Now, we got to realize that we are actually going against this trillion dollar multimedia commercial marketing system 
that has a fat man that lives up in the place where nobody lives with some reindeer that won't even want to live up there either because it's too cold. Talking about that he's able to break into your house even though you don't have a chimney and to be able to put presents underneath your, your tree and you know all that nonsense. We got to look past that and look at how are we spreading the light of Jesus to everyone that we encounter. Another thing that folks like to, that we could do during the Advent season is that we can go volunteer at, 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 at a place where folks are not as uh, benefited as you are. And you can go and, and volunteer, uh, donate to a charity. You could even send encouraging notes to people just to let them know. what. And even today, you can send a what you talking about? You can send an encouraging text to somebody during this time period. Whoever comes to your mind, send them a text. Let them know you're thinking about them. This is a time of encouraging one another. Of, 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 but most of all, is the encouragement is to realize that this is Jesus' time. This is the time where we talk about who Jesus is and how he's operating and working in our lives. Now, as I said, this has been done in the, since the fourth and fifth century. Advent is not a new thing. Uh, well, not a new thing in that we are running away from it because it was, it was an old thing. It's not something that was just done in the 1900s or in the 1800s or the 1700s or the 1600s. You can go on and on back because it has been done because our desire was to focus our hearts and our minds on the reason for the season. So if folks are stepping back or stepping away from the term Advent, it's very funny because the same folks or the same uh, denominations that are talking about we don't, we don't do Advent are the same ones that have Christmas trees on their stage. Did you know that Christmas trees are part of the Advent recognition? All right, so because you didn't know, now you're actually doing, so you're cutting off the butt end of the ham, and you don't even know why. You, we got to realize that there's a reason for all of this. Yes, yes, amen. You're trying to shoot, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're talking about we don't celebrate Advent, and you're preaching in front of a big old nine, 19-foot Christmas tree talking about Jesus, and you got the symbol of why we're celebrating Jesus at the time. Yeah, I'm going to hit it real quick. The purpose of the Christmas tree is started by the Germans. The Germans did the Christmas tree because it never gets old. It's an evergreen. Just like the reef has an evergreen. Bless you. And it points toward heaven. That is the reason. That is the reason. Because it points toward heaven and it never, and it's full of life because it's ever green. We put decorations on there as a celebratory recognition. There's even a thing, you can look this up, called the uh, Jesse tree. And the Jesse tree is where every day you take uh, uh, something that relates to the birth of Jesus. The Jesse tree uh, is a designation based upon the, uh, Isaiah where it says that he shall be of the root of Jesse. 
So it goes all the way back to Isaiah where it takes that scripture and they have little ornaments that you put on the tree. And every day that you put the ornament on, you are talking about the lineage of Jesus. That's why you put bulbs on the tree. You see what I'm saying? There's reasons for all this. We're not just doing it because commercially they said to do this. We're doing this because we are to be focused on Jesus and what he is bringing with him, which is life eternal for everyone that accepts him. Then some churches have a whole season, as you said. They, some, some more orthodox churches have already set up what they're going to talk about for these next four Sundays. Hope, joy, love, and peace. They already have it set up. Every year they talk about the same, same thing. Why? Because no matter what you're going through, hearing the same thing over and over is time of encouragement for you in going through the Advent season. That is all the history that I wanted to talk about today so that we have a good understanding that putting up your tree is not just so it can look pretty. It is supposed to be you establishing a representation of the return of Jesus Christ, a a focus for the family to focus on the return of Jesus Christ. The presents are not necessarily for you, even though they might have your name on it. It's supposed to be an opportunity for us to take time to reflect on Jesus Christ. And so we should, within ourselves, have this longing, this desire to want to to, to participate in this Advent mentality of Focusing on Jesus Christ. And that's why we, you heard us talking about God restore to us, make us, do unto us uh, what is necessary. God, that you will open up the heavens and pour out the blessings upon us. That you're sending the Christ child, your only son, to redeem us from our sins. It gives us this opportunity to review the prophets and see how they were anticipating God coming in and, and coming in and this Messiah which is going to take away the sins of all the, all the earth and be able to celebrate it. I remember a long, long time ago, just a few minutes, that one of the things that happened to us when we got a certain age is that we would go down town to this place called Swin's Bike Shop. Now, if you don't know nothing about a Swin bike, then you missed out on some things in life. Swin, Swin was the bike of all bikes. Swin is the best bike of all the bikes. Now, when I, when I was told that I was going to get my swim, I did not sleep that night. I said, I'm going to get my bike tomorrow. And I was so happy, so excited. I just was like, man, I'm going to just ride my bike up and down the street. I'm going to do some pop, jump some wheelie. You know, I had all these things in my mind that I was going to do 
But I had, I had this longing, this desire to, just to go pick. This is the same thing that we should have about this. I want, I, I have this longing to know Jesus more. I want to know Jesus. This is a time period when everybody else is feeling down. We should be grabbing more of Jesus. We should be seeking him more. We should be anticipating him more so that we can have the light to help them to overcome whatever they're going through. And so we should have this mindset that, I, that we're desperate for God's action and intervention amidst our personal and our global brokenness and darkness that he will shine a light that will destroy the yokes that are holding people in dire situations. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible comes from Romans the 8th chapter. And in that Romans the 8th chapter, I know y'all think y'all know where I'm going, but I'm not going where you think I'm going. Yolanda, the only one probably know where I'm going. But Romans the 8th chapter, Paul talks about that all of creation is groaning and, 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 and they're suffering like labor pains for the manifestation of Christ's coming and, and the redemption that that will bring, that the manifestation of the children of God will come forth. So everything is longing, anticipating, like, like I couldn't sleep that night. That, 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 the, the whole earth is just like, Lord Jesus, come quickly. And this is the time that we would desire and, and seek for and, and, and have an anticipation of Jesus is going to do something even new in my life even as I seek him now, as I grow in him, as I mature in him, as I let more light come into my life, he's going to be greater in me. He's already great in me, but he's going to become greater in me because that is his desire for us. I've never had to go through this, but I have heard many times a pregnant woman say, I wish this baby would hurry up and get here. And they would get to that point where they would be like, oh, I wish this, oh, I wish this baby. But then as they're going through the birthing stage, they're like, oh, I wish I didn't have to go through this. But once they got on the other side of that, guess what? Everybody was happy. Everybody was feeling good. But the process, the process that they went through, the anticipation, the knowing that there's an end to this, but the end sometimes brings a little bit of discomfort for the person that has the anticipation. I remember riding in the car going to the swing shop, and I was like, we ain't there yet. I ain't going to say that because mama probably would have been like, well, we just going back to the house if you can't be patient. So I wasn't going to go. I wasn't going to say none of that nonsense. I just sat there and I was just like, okay, we got a couple more streets to go. Okay. We're almost okay. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Because you know that once you get there, you're going to see the end that you had an expectation for. But my last thing that I want to, want to talk about today, in my last few minutes that I want to holler at y'all, is that we have to make sure our heart is right. We got to make sure our heart has not been contaminated by the trillions of dollars that have been 
financing this focus on making sure that we have the latest, the greatest, the newest, the bluest, the, the reddest, whatever it is, that we have the bestest of the best. Listen, I understand marketing. I went to school to understand marketing because marketing is what controls the conscience of a nation. So if we can tell folks that having the, the I just saw this commercial, and I, this is a little side note. This little girl runs outside, it's, it's snowing out there. She goes outside, she has a little toy car. She puts it in the, in the snow, she covers it up in the snow. And then she goes back in the house. The next morning she wakes up, she walks outside, she looks out the window, and it's a, a Lexus QX80. And I said, y'all so wrong for that. So now we got little people thinking, if I just take my car outside, I can, we can have a new car. And she said, Mommy, Daddy, look what's outside. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because that causes us to think about that, how our kids would be so happy to have a new vehicle. And wouldn't you want to have the Lexus that costs $100,000? You know, your kid ain't going to be satisfied with a little Lexus. You need to get them the biggest Lexus, right? Because why? Because they don't care about you. They just want your money. But we got to get our hearts fixed on the things that are above and not the things that are below. Why? Because the things that are below will corrupt. They'll get uh, corroded. They'll get stolen. They'll, but let us set our treasure on heaven, in heaven where doth and, and moths and, and corrosion doesn't happen. So how do we do that? We have to throw off these obstacles that are trying to stop us from operating in a mindset of being repentant and, and being ready for God to work a great miracle in our lives. John the Baptist said it like this. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Another version says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Another version says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is now. Why? Turn away. Change your direction. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is closer than what you think. Because John had this desire that we would confess and then produce a fruit of repentance that shows others how to change their directions. Isaiah says that if we change our hearts and Jesus comes in, that he's able to take the high places in our hearts, the things, the obstacles that we thought we would never overcome for because of the hurt and the trauma that we've gone through, and he's able to take that high place and make it low. He's able to take that crooked path that we went through and make it straight. When we allow Jesus to come into our heart, when we allow him to take over the hurt and the pain of our past, he is able to cause our future to be brighter, straighter, more level because the past is not able to pull back on us because we have prepared our hearts to receive the coming of the Lord Jesus. Just like we carefully prepare for our family and our friends that are coming by to eat how can we thoughtfully prepare ourselves? How can we thoughtfully ready our agendas, our priorities, our relationships in this season in order to welcome 
Emmanuel, who is God with us. What can we do? What are we doing? That is why Advent is so important. It's because it's supposed to get us to focus on he that has come and is coming again to redeem us back to himself. But we have to understand the purpose of that. Why? Because we just put up a tree because we just think it's pretty. We'll just throw stuff on it just because we think it looks beautiful. Instead of focusing on the reason for that, we cutting off the end of the ham and not getting the benefit of all aspects of the succulent piece of pork that it is. Don't write me about that. All right. My final thing for today is Margaret Philbrick, the author of Back to the Manger, shares about how seeing the Christmas season through the eyes of her children has opened her eyes to the wonder and fullness of God. She writes, I'm learning that the key to experiencing Advent with the wonder of a child is found in seeing Jesus. He is the source of beauty, truth, and wonder. As soon as all the people say Jesus, they were over as soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. These words offer comfort and hope to the weary commuter and the exhausted nose-wiping mother. It says all the people, we who are waiting and watching for him are part of that glorious group of all. We are in the crowd and the children are with us and we too can be overwhelmed with wonder. As adults, most of us take the mundane for granted. May we be filled with the same wonder and worship as children for our Savior this Christmas season. My opening thought is, was, Advent is an occasion to celebrate the initial and final coming of the promise. And my final thought is, Understanding the meaning of historical events allows us to see the hand of God in all our getting. Wisdom is the principal thing, but in all our getting, we have to get an understanding. For those of you that are watching, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, then we first and foremost need to address that because that is one of the most important aspects of this entire thing. Jesus came just for you. He came here just so that you could turn away or have a life that is eternal. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The result of sin, of being separated from God or missing the mark, is death. However, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And to accept the gift that God has given you is not a very complex nor a difficult thing. The Bible explains it like this. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that word saved means rescued or delivered. And it goes on to say, with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved, rescued, delivered. 
It even goes on to say that everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, rescued, delivered. That is what Jesus wants to do. Rescue you, deliver you from the separation. And it calls you into the kingdom of heaven. And it is a great kingdom to be a part of. Now, this is the thing. You know, we say this every Sunday. This is not an individual event. This is actually a team sport. And so we want to come alongside you when you have made this decision. We want, no matter where you are on this earth, we want to come alongside you and assist you along this journey. So you can contact us at info at godshousecc.com via email, or you can text us at 864-920-0100. You contact us, let us know, we will come alongside you, assist you along this journey, because we want God's best for you. Amen. 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 Friends and family, that's episode number one of our series entitled Advent. Our first episode was entitled The Explanation of Advent. Hopefully I provided you with information that will cause you to see as you hang that reef on your door, as you set up your tree, as you go throughout your daily tasks to recognize that Jesus is the reason for all of those conditions and situations. Well, next week we're going to go into episode number two. And it's really when the official Advent season starts because remember, Advent is four Sundays prior to Christmas. This year, Christmas is on Monday the 25th. So today is actually the fifth Sunday before, so that's why I decided we'll just do an introduction just to give, make sure that everybody has a good understanding. All right? Well, until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.